Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Curly Nerd Podcast. I am the Curly Nerd Jess, and as per usual, I am joined live from Houston. Uh, this is D. Randall, causing a scandal. Only wear socks with my open-toed sandals. Oh. Like a real ew. G. Like a real G. Ew. That's so weird that that's like a trend now. You know that's a trend. Like people like with the socks and sandals. It's actually, it's not like just a grandpa thing. It's actually men are wearing like high socks with sandals. It's, like, it's, that's a thing. That's always been my thing. Uh, but it's, like, actual, like, a trend. Uh, I, I, I'm just a trendsetter, if that's the case. I guess you are. Yeah. You had to hide them toes, I guess. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. You don't want to see my feet. I don't want to offend anybody. Hide them toes. But I wear black socks, so I don't wear white socks anymore. We off that. We are, I'm done with you. <laughs> um, so, we are coming to you from the great old 4th of July. What is the 4th of July? Just another day. Who cares? What's going on? It's a day off. Yeah, that's what it is. Exactly. Thank you. That's the way I look a day at it. off. It's uh, another day to watch the. I get a, a free day to watch the World Cup. Yeah, it's a it's a day to comfort my dogs when these fools out here are popping fireworks. But um, I mean, is it going to rain all day for you? Because I know it's raining. I hope so. It's uh, that'll keep the fireworks down. At, at, my fear is that it's going to stop raining in the evening, and then everyone's going to come out. Come out, and, yeah. And bust their shots and then and go back in. And, you know, mind you, we're in Texas, which is a... Um, which is a... a Pro-gun. A, a, a Second Amendment state, yeah. as I'll call it. Yep. So we also have, uh, you know, occasional bursts of automatic and semi-automatic gunfire. Oh, that's always a lot of fun. Because, you know, when that fun. goes up in the air, I wonder where it comes back down at. Just as fast. Yep. Same yep. place. Yep. Or, I mean, it comes down somewhere, so I don't know. Yeah, that's always scary. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a, a blast. I'm happy that New York does not allow guns, so that's it's a, it's not a Second Amendment city. <laughs> I don't know how the state is. I know that in the city you can't have guns, though. It's illegal. Remember when Plaxico Burris got in trouble for that, having that gun in his pants? Uh, yeah, and he yeah. went to jail for shooting himself in the leg. Hell, shooting himself in the leg because he was wearing sweatpants in the club and had a gun in his sweatpants in the club. Smart. That's how you do it. Is that a gun in your pocket? Or you, ha, as a matter okay, of fact, so. it is. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Sweatpants season. Um, yeah, what a mess. Anyways, what's up? I haven't like, what have you been up to? There hasn't really been a whole lot going on. This is kind of the slow part. It's really slow. It's just kind of weird because we, it seems like they start the summer movie season a little earlier every year. So like this year started in April, it feels like. So there's like this little gap at the beginning of July and then... I guess next or this week we get Ant Man and the Wasp, and then um, Mission Impossible, whatever that thing is with that dude with the mustache. Mission Impossible is not to the end of the month. That's not yeah. to uh, July twenty ninth, something like that. Yeah, where uh, Henry Cavill and his Justice League mustache will. Henry Cavill and his like pop up beard. That's so crazy. <laughs> now that's all I see in that commercial is when he like reloads his arms, he reloads his beard. Now is that that's what I'm trying to. Did, did the beard was that a beard or is it a shadow? I need to watch it in high def. Yeah, it's weird. I think no, I don't think it's a shadow. It's like all of a sudden his beard pops up, like it grew. 
because I know I could tell um, too much information that when he does that little thing where he's kind of cocking his arms, there is a quick edit in there. And a, yes. lot, and a lot of times in action movies, they do that to make the, the action seem a little exaggerated. But it would right, be right. so weird if they didn't pay attention to him having a beard and then not having a beard. I, I bet you whenever the theatrical cut comes out, they'll probably digitize it somehow. To, you think so? Probably think so. Fix it. If they probably don't. now that it's gone. I mean, it has yeah. gone viral that like as soon as he cocks those arms, like reloads those arms, his beard grows. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of dudes with struggle beards walking around like cocking their arms. Yeah, I hope not. Doesn't work. Not too many. There's like only one man that looks like Henry Cavill, and that's Henry Cavill. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's You cool. know, like, like they, no, nobody looked like that. If somebody walked around like reloading their arms, I'd be like, what is happening? Are you having a seizure? Do we need to call 911? Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to get my beard out. Trying to get my beard out. Yeah, not everybody yeah. can do that, though. Not everybody can grow that. Nice beard, the good mustache, the nice chest hair he has. Okay. The pretty, the beautiful hair so on else? his head. Um, it has like a little bit of a curly, kind of a wave to it. Just those those beautiful eyes. His dog is cool. That strong jaw. He, he has a really nice, a really nice dog. There we go. That's a pretty dog. Mm-hmm. Cal. Talk, let's talk so about the dog. Cute. Anyways, um, so Preacher's back. It is. So I watched, and I kind of forgot. I saw it on my DVR, and then I saw that Seth uh, Rogen was doing his like little press, you know, uh, junk. What do they call him? Press junkets, whatever. When he's going around um, promoting the show, he was on like I think the uh, Colbert, uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. and the Tonight or Tonight Show. He's been on all, you know, talking about preacher. I'm like, oh, that's right, preacher's coming back. So I went back and I decided to watch those two episodes of Preacher because there were only two episodes in. Did you get a chance to watch it? Uh, I watched the the first episode. I haven't watched the, the first episode. Yet. Did yep. you watch the last season? I did. Yeah. What did you think of the last season? I I I liked I liked the way it started and I liked the way it ended. I, I think in the middle there were a lot of things that happened that I, I didn't really retain. But I watched I watched every episode. I, I didn't really retain a lot in the middle. But I like. The, I agree. Like when they go to New Orleans and yeah. when they, where where were they at in the casino? Where did they go first? I thought like they were in Atlantic City or something. But where did they go? They went. To, they were in New Orleans, and they're in New Orleans. They're in that casino, and yeah. then Tulip kind of got caught up. And yeah. I just the thing about Preacher is now you now I never finished the uh, the comic book. I read the first one. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the rest of them. But hey, did you read all the comic books? Yeah. And, and a, okay. Were, and a lot of this were they in that. Were they that aggressively violent in every single issue? It was, it was a pretty violent book, but this is the the violence in this show is kind of very it's very stylized. But it's like so over the top, ridiculous. Yeah. It's just like my god, every scene is like something from a bloody Zack Snyder movie. It's like why does everything need to be so extra and over the top? And so I kind of started tuning out a bit, you know, when they met God in a dog suit, like like. Yeah. That was weird and still weird. I don't know. It just was weird. And then it, and then Hair Star shows up and that's really violent. Like, what's his whole deal? Like, I still am kind of confused by what his whole so thing is. And I and I'm trying to remember it from the book, but he's in the book. He's one of he's probably the main guy in pursuit of Jesse and and the voice of God. And he's in and looking for Genesis. So yes. Jesse Custer is right the the preacher. Right. Tulip is the girlfriend, and then the what's the vampire's name? I can't remember his name. 
Ah, Cassidy. So Cassidy is like maybe my favorite character. Like he's my favorite character on the whole show. He's super funny. Like every time he's on the screen, honestly, I could watch a show just about him. Because like Jesse Custer kind of gets on my nerves. Tulip kind of gets on my nerves. She is so pretty though, so it's kind of, I don't know. It's like you want to watch her because she's so pretty. Mm-hmm. But everything they do, it just seems so ridiculous and so over the top. So by the time, you know, I got towards the end of season two, I kind of tuned out. So when Air Star kind of, Hair Star, Hair, Air Star, Hair Star kind of shows up, you're kind of like, meh. And then the whole thing with our, um, our face kind of just, being in purgatory or whatever, everything just seemed just kind of a mess. Was, like I just didn't feel like it was just kind of messy. I think the pacing was kind of off because everything felt like it it went on for for too long, and it I would forget I would forget about certain threads, and I felt like the payoff for a lot of them wasn't really worth the wait. Like with Ars face being in hell for that long, it's like we didn't really have to see it taking that long any of that. To get out. Um, we but, didn't need to see any of that. I see. I actually didn't see him get out. Like, how did he actually get out? They Hitler found a way for them to escape, and they got out. Oh, okay. And I was like, why did they spend all that time in there to begin with? Right. It didn't really make sense. Um, and then when did Hairstar even show up? He did show up. Uh, he showed up early in the second season, but they. Again, he was the one who was collecting souls. Yeah. Right. That's right. Okay. Okay. That's right. Yeah, and they they showed him. You know. Doing doing a bunch of training and a, a bunch of stuff that ultimately didn't add up to a lot because you could have they, right. they could have just just the way that he looks they could have just brought him in and put him right in the mix and, and we would have been just fine with that but I think right. they, they they spend so much time on the backstories that it kind of loses its pacing sometimes it it still looks great right 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 but that whole like there was like a four or five episode stretch in the middle of season two where i was just like eh, i don't remember much of this and that's kind of how i feel about a lot of these amc shows they feel like they feel like they do that you yeah. know but anyway so this new season season three i actually am enjoying believe it or not season mm-hmm. three i'm actually enjoying uh the first episode we got to actually see uh jesse custer's grandma She's crazy. It's a whole lot of this weird, like, down south New Orleans voodoo stuff going on. Mm. Which is a lot of souls. There's a lot of talk of souls. The whole three season is souls, right? Souls, souls, yep. souls. The theme of this show is everybody has a soul and everyone wants to take somebody's soul. So, basically, Jesse Custer's grandma, all the, her name is just grandma. She has, like, her two little henchmen. And they basically collect souls from people. What they do is they, like, collect debts and if the person doesn't pay up, then they take the soul so that grandma can live longer. We get introduced to Jesse Custer's mother. So we get this whole backstory. Um, and then, of course, how the, the season two ended was that Tulip had gotten shot. And so they're, you right. know, rushing back down to grandma so that she can save Tulip's life because she's in purgatory. See, the thing that, okay, this is what I don't like. That's what I don't like about the show is like, so she's in purgatory, so we have this whole episode where you see she's going through something in purgatory with some issues that she's had with her upbringing and her dad and everything else. Mm-hmm. Just like our face being in, in hell or whatever, that whole thing. It just seems like these are things we don't really need to see. It seems like it's kind of like space filler. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. because we don't understand, like, the whole purgatory scene, it was cool to see that they took us to a different place, so we see uh-huh. what purgatory looks like. But ultimately, I don't really, I don't really understand the significance of it. Like, what what exactly was she coming to terms with? Right, 
And then like in the second episode, then she she does something where she's just like her dad, where she can't do nothing right. And then she repeats that I can't, I just can't seem to do anything right. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so yeah, you get it from your dad, but I almost feel like we didn't need to see that, and we don't care. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kind of confused. But yeah, I, the show the show just seems kind of to be a mess to me. I'm gonna continue watching because I enjoy it, but also like I was watching like. You know how they do before the season starts, and they're like, you know, scenes from season three of uh, Preacher, and the producer's like, oh, we're going to hit the ground running, and we're doing this, that, and the third. And I'm like, all you mean is that it's going to be more violent, more obnoxious, more over the top. You're hitting the ground running, but a lot of the stuff doesn't seem to need to be there. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these things are really... And I'm also pretty still pretty shocked at what they show on TV these days, on, sh- on TV that's not... Yes. HBO, you know, I'm like, this is a very shocking that I'm seeing like such violence on a show that's that's. I mean, yes, yeah, ten o'clock at night, but that's still relatively early. It's yeah, they're they're, they're kind of pushing the envelope on it. Um, yeah, between, you know, it just seems a bit much between this and Walking Dead. I think having the Walking Dead run for as long as it did, I guess, gave them the encouragement that we can do the same thing, but even more graphic, right? With Preacher. I know, and I just, I don't like that, you know how I feel, I don't like si- violence for the sake of violence, I don't need all that extra blood and guts and gore, and the slow-mo scenes, and like, even when he goes up to that Buddhist temple, a hair star goes to the Buddhist temple, and there's a whole shootout there, and I'm just like, oh, so all of the monks have semi-automatic rifles, you know, mm-hmm. just a lot of extra stuff, you know, I just, I don't know. The show still gets really high ratings and reviews, I guess, but I still just feel like I feel like it doesn't take much for people to be entertained anymore as long as it's violent. Right. And I, and I think especially for people who were fans of the comic, the the comic itself was more to the point. It was it was it was basically dictated by the action. They're trying to get from right. point A to point B and everything that happens in between. The distraction from this one is a lot of the backstory it it slows down the pace of everything. Cause I like there were especially in the in the in the first episode, the scenes that I liked were the ones that had more going on in them. Like when they when they first get to Angelville, and Jesse and Cassidy were were kind of tussling in the house, right in the distance in the background, and then you you kind of see um, his mom show up. I thought that was cool. And then the other scene where, uh, what's the big guy's name? Is it Jody? I think it I thought Jody. Jody was a little one. Whoever the big guy was, the one that tried to drop a truck on him, you know that. that yeah. Oh, is it Jody? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jody. You're right. It is Jody. Yeah. That that whole scene with him, I actually liked it because I was like, here's a big dude who just walked into the projects and just started laying hands on people. Right. You know, I thought that was cool, but then a lot of it kind of slows down. Right. 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 Like, yeah. But we'll see. Uh, they still do enough to keep me intrigued, though. I, I right. Like, yeah. Like overall, I, I really do like the show. I do. I don't want to nitpick on it. Oh, I do. I want to nitpick to death. <laughs> I want to nitpick it to death. Like, like, how smelly do you think Jesse Custer's suit is? Man, what do you think that thing smells like? Nah. Is that every the- time I'm like, I'm like, has he ever washed that thing? And I think like I thought it was funny when Cassidy told Tula that she stank because yeah, like she was dead, so she needs to like shower. He said she stinks, but then I'm like, but what does Cassidy smell like? <sighs> Everyone just looks stinky. Everyone looks like they, they stink. They do. Everyone looks like they smell just like. I don't know, like sweaty feet, sweaty butt, 
and like armpits. You know what I mean? And have you ever seen anybody brush their teeth on this show? And not that I need to see these things, but sometimes you want to. Like, let me see you go in that bathroom. I feel like they brush their teeth with whiskey. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just yeah. seem so, they look like they stink. And so, like, if they're, when they're close talking to each other, I'm like, so you guys don't have a sense of smell either? Like, so not only are you, like, you look like you don't, you, you like, you smell bad, but your actual sense of smell doesn't work anymore because I could not be in the same clo- close quarters. And it's always hot. They're in the South. The sun's always out. You know That's how right. it is. I know. I know. And there's no, I don't see anybody in any air conditioning. There's always dust all around. Dust everywhere. They always look sweaty. It just looks so nasty. They look so stinky. But I was watching, like I was watching it, and I'm going, "Ew, has Jesse ever washed that suit?" Like, remember the one time when he kept fighting Fjord and whatever those the, the angels, and they kept coming back, yeah. and him and Cassie had to wash their clothes. That might be the only time they ever washed their clothes. And but he wasn't. I don't think he was washing the suit though. No, and and remember in, in the first episode, Jody hugged him with an apron full of alligator blood on him, and. It never got washed. <laughs> yeah, that's so. They're just dirty people. Ew. I thought cleanliness was next to godliness. Isn't he like a preacher? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, this show kind of turns it on his head. Ooh, they look like they, you could like, you could taste them just by then. Like, like they smell so strong, you could taste it. Just taste like you need, like ugh. I need some air. I bet you their clothes are stiff when they take them off too. One time I got on the train. Did I ever tell you about that time when I first moved to New York and I got on the train? And my dad had said to me, "Now be careful when you get on the train. If there's nobody on one of the in one of the cars, it's probably there for that's the, that way for a reason." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Dad, I know. I've been coming to New York since I was a kid. Whatever, I get it." And I get on the train one day, and I didn't even realize that everyone is trying to get off of the train by at one door, like train to Busan. You know, like everyone's trying to, trying to get yeah. off at one door. So then I get on, and when I walked on, I was like, "Oh, oh my God, what does that smell?" It smells so bad. It was this homeless dude laying down with his shoes off. His the entire car, the entire train smelled like toe jam, like the strongest, funkiest, dirtiest toe jam of all times. It smelled so bad. And the next stop, I had to get off and get to it. Like when we got to the next stop, I had to move cars. It smelled so bad. But now I was like, this is why everybody's trying to get off. I'm like, because he smelled so bad. Uh, Lucky, I mean, I guess when you smell that bad, though, you get to have the whole car to yourself. You get a good old nap. Maybe that's what they're doing on Preacher. Maybe. Smell bad enough, keeps other people away. Maybe, but they're all on top of each other. So I don't know what they're trying to do. Yuck. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep watching. Um, so, anyways, so you and I both watched a movie on Netflix this week, too, because it's been kind of like a slow week for, like, entertainment and nerd news and everything else. We watched uh, Cargo. Mm-hmm. And how did you even find that movie? Um, literally, I was just doing a search. I, I, I just wanted to see something new. Um, like you said, there was a there's kind of a gap between movies that we want to see and, and anything on TV. So I was like, let me just, let me try to watch something that I have not watched before or haven't even heard of before. And I just, I came across Cargo. It was actually recommended by Netflix, 98%. You know, I, I, I watched the trailer and I was a little, a little intrigued. I was like, okay, it's, a, it's another zombie movie, but I'll give it a shot. And, uh, and I went and read online that it was based on a short that was written and directed by an Australian couple that got picked up and made into a feature-length film and then um, premiered on Netflix. And, you know, Netflix never tells when a lot of this stuff comes out, so I have no idea when it actually hit Netflix. Right. But it was uh, fairly recent. Yeah, it says it was. It came out 2017, probably just was made in 2017 yeah. and then dropped in Netflix later. Yeah, but I think the, the one thing that really made me, made me want to watch it was in the trailer I saw some Aboriginal people. 
in there. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So we got some, we got some, uh, we got some brown folks in there. Yeah, I'm intrigued now. I want to see what happens. Right. I was a little discouraged through the first 20 minutes or so, but I, I definitely am glad that I that I sat there and watched the whole thing because it was the backdrop of it is a zombie apocalypse type situation. But that's not. It's but it's more like a. It's almost. It's not even a zombie. It seems more like not a rage virus, but it seems more like. It doesn't seem like a traditional zombie movie to me. It seems right. a little bit different, doesn't right. it? Right. So they they describe it as they describe it as an epidemic or an outbreak. So there is mm-hmm. something that is infecting people, and they 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 turn. Uh, basically, their blood becomes like a honey type substance, and they, you know, they do have an appetite for, for flesh. But mm-hmm. but they're not raging, carnivorous people like we see in other, in other movies. Right. They're they're a little bit more docile. But the whole thing is, it's been around long enough that people know that if you get infected, you have about a forty eight hour window before you completely turn. In this movie, Martin Freeman, who stars in the movie, and his wife and infant daughter, are on a riverboat trying to get to another part of Australia that's supposed to be safe. Based on the map that they that they provided in the movie, most of the coastal areas had been had been affected. So they were trying to get to like a an in an inbound military base type situation to see if they can get safety to the safety there. Um, as is often the case in movies, everything is fine until someone makes a stupid decision. Right. Of course. Uh, Which makes me so like (laughs) there were two stupid things that happened. Yeah. So in this case, obviously their rations are low. They see another boat that's shipwrecked. And Martin Freeman's character goes and he salvages some supplies from it so that they can, I think he could salvage like three months worth of supplies from it, which is fine. He was very careful about it. There was an element of danger. He made it through okay. His wife, on the other hand, decided that his beard was too scraggly and that he needed a razor. Um, she took it upon herself to go back in and, and in the boat by herself to get a razor and when she went back to get a razor, uh, she didn't come back the way that she left. And her 48-hour countdown started. And it's just making stupid decisions. It always all it takes is one. Yep. But not only that, the other stupid decision that made me upset was when they get into a car because he wants to take her to some kind of a safe place or safe zone. Mm-hmm. And then he makes a stupid decision, which endangers him and the baby. You know, so it was like yep. a lot of, I'm like, you should know better. There's a, this whole idea, I think. Okay, so living in New York, I can't text and drive right. at all, period. You're not supposed to do that anyways, but you definitely can't. People here drive crazy. There's potholes everywhere. So when I'm driving, I seriously do not look at my phone. Like, it's not the best, you right. know, just for safety reasons. If you're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse... I don't care if the land seems like it is empty. You need to have, especially if you have some urgent thing you need to deliver, your sick wife needs to go somewhere. Right. The hands need to be attended to. You need to be paying attention. At all times. And that drives me crazy. It's like, so you're not going to pay attention to like, I'm I'm really, really confused right now. You know? (laughs) In both of their stupidities, uh, he realizes that he, well, he gets infected. And this is kind of the basis of the movie here. He gets infected, and then he realizes that he needs to get his daughter to safety 
however he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes across uh, an Aboriginal girl who is dealing with her father, who was recently infected as well. Uh, okay, you know what's so crazy is I thought that was a boy. I did too until they. I, that's this is when the subtitles came in handy. I was like, oh, they keep referring to her as a girl. Oh, yes. And to not give the whole thing away, but the the whole pur- purpose of this movie was for him to get his daughter to safety because he knew that he only had about forty eight hours to live himself, and. I, I thought it was cool that they included the Aboriginal people because they were dealing with it. Um, you know, as, as we see in all movies, they were dealing with it in a slightly different way than um, some of the gringos. Of course, there is a, there is a we'll call him a villain. He's a he's an antagonist in the movie. He has his own agenda for things, and he's you know a little out there. They did an excellent job with that short, though. Yeah, uh, that short that we watched. Like yeah. makes like it was so good. Like just that what it was like a seven minute short, it's and like that's what the movie's minutes. based on. Yep. And the same thing is basically what's important is I have this baby. Mm-hmm. I need to get this baby to safety. I'm gonna do whatever it takes, even if I turn. I still somehow need to get this baby to safety. Right, and and it was cool to see how it, it's funny. I I watched the movie first, and I think the the parts about the movie that I liked the most were the parts that were contained in the in the short. You know, mm-hmm. obviously they had to, in order to make it a feature length, they had to add a bunch of stuff to it. And there is a, there is a bunch of fluff in this movie. But I think overall the story itself is, it's kind of, for me, it was a refreshing take. Yeah, it was pretty good. It didn't get a very high review on the, on uh, IMDb, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't. And the other thing about it is it wasn't, it wasn't overly graphic. Right, right, right. Thank you, God. Yes. Yeah, and the you know the the zombie presence or whatever was kind of minimal. The one of the scenes that really kind of got me though was the scene towards the end. I don't know if you saw it with uh, there was the other guy and his family, and the other guy had gotten infected. He he basically did the opposite of what Martin Freeman's character did. So he decided that if I'm going to go, I don't want my family to survive out here on their own in this world. So I have another solution for that. Which I won't give away. Oh, okay. But it, it was like, it, but but you can see that different people would do they would res, they would resort to different things if faced by these circumstances. Right. But it was good. <clears throat> yeah, I liked it. Anyways, on the comic book of the week. Yep. Comic book of the week this week is the Century by Jeff Lemire. I can I'm so excited about this because everyone knows I love Jeff Lemire. He wrote Descender. And I love the Sentry because the Sentry was one of my favorite Marvel comic book characters. Yes. And now we finally have a Sentry comic book back again. So exciting. Um, I loved it. It was excellent. Who is the illustrator? Who's the artist? Uh, the illustrator is Kim Jackson, who I'm, Who's I'm, that? I'm not really familiar with, but I, I, did do a, I did do a search for Kim Jackson. I, I believe they... Is it a he? No, it's a she. Is from... Oh, she's from Fort Worth, Texas. I saw Houston in there. I thought she may have been born in Houston, but no, she's from Fort Worth. She spent some time in Houston. Fort Worth is up there by Dallas, by the way. Well, good for her. Yeah. So anyways, so we finally, because we brought the Sentry back um, in a, what comic book was that? A Doctor Strange? Yeah, Doctor Strange recently. So yeah, the Doctor Strange, and basically Bob is back. So Bob was the Sentry. The, un, unfortunately, the Sentry is basically like Superman with the dark side, which the Void was the dark side. So anytime he was powerful enough to do anything, the Void could pop back up. It's almost like he had a split personality, yep. like a multiple personality disorder. 
Um, so what happened was he has been kind of in hiding. He's like basically kind of sort of like been dead quotes in the air to keep himself from becoming the sentry because when he becomes the sentry, he's worried about the release in the void. And it's always been this battle that he's had with himself, this conflict, the internal conflict that he's had fighting with himself back and forth about this whole, um, whatever thing that he's going through. So, you know, with him being powerful, but also with great power comes great craziness. Mm -hmm. So here comes the void. Anyways, Dr. Strange has created kind of like this world for him to go into so that he can go back into this little world, be the sentry, destroy the void. He has like his little sidekicks, a dog with a wonder dog or whatever the heck it's called. And then the, what's the sentry's little sidekick boy name? Um... And centrist is the centrist. woman in it. So it's Scout. Scout, thank you. Um, yeah, Scout and what is dude's name? I forgot. It's it. not important. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so basically he goes into this world to do this, but then when he comes back out, it's like it's his normal, he's kind of out of shape, you know, looks old, works at a diner. Yep. You know, but that's his only way. And we Misty Knight shows up because he needs to check in. That's the other thing with him is he has to kind of check in every single day so that everybody knows, like, that he's sane. Because yep. they're worried, you know, you, the sentry can't be out here acting crazy. So Misty Knight shows up, checks in with him, makes sure everything's good. And she's actually really nice about it. She's, like, you know, gunning for him and everything. But here's the thing is he has to go back every day to go back inside of this machine thing to, you know, be the sentry and when he comes home the machine is gone and somebody has entered into that realm mm -hmm. and that's kind of how the book starts so this is book one of five it just came out there are four more books coming so we'll get to see the rest of the story but so far so good jeff lemire is a really good writer and i enjoyed it he did a good job of kind of breaking down the characters like in a interesting way right um i'm not bored at all i actually care you know because there are definitely people that can like write characters that you like and make you not care about those characters anymore. Right. And he didn't do that. He did a good job. One thing that I like about the way that the sentries usually treat it in comics is they, they, they usually give him his own story and his story is kind of told as a tangent to everything else that's going on. Um, which I think is cool because the whole purpose of the century was he is a hero that was, a, he was a, a huge hero back in the day, but because of, how dangerous is he is to the world, they largely made the world forget about him for good reason. Right. And I think that that's always kind of been a cool premise in that he is not only his greatest enemy, but he's the world's greatest enemy as well. So everything is always an internal conflict for him. And it's good to see that played out without him always having to team up and be the Superman of the Marvel Universe, which they, they could easily do if they wanted to. But right. I, but I always think it's cool that they, they play off this internal conflict that he always has. And everyone else is just kind of around this. Yeah. It's a good book, whatever. Um, anyways, in other news, we got to see... I actually follow M. Night Shyamalan on um, Twitter, and he's been talking a lot about um, Glass this week, mm -hmm. and we got a poster for it. So we got this Finally. poster with Samuel L. Jackson, James McAvoy, and Bruce Willis. Because I, you know this, I loved, loved, loved Unbreakable when it came out. I still like it. When it comes on TV, I watch it, and I'm like, am I tripping, or do I hate like, do, Is this a bad movie? Do I still like it? I still like it. Uh, so we have this movie based on Samuel L. Jackson's character, Mr. Glass, coming out. And also James McAvoy, his character from Split, will be in it. It looks cool. I, I mean, just from the poster, it looks cool. I have high hopes. M. Night had gone like, on a downslope, and I feel like everything's kind of coming back up again. Things are ramping back up, and he's going to be good again. You know? Yep. Uh, I think that 
The Sixth Sense is like a, a super overrated movie. You know, but people send like, you know, got Oscar nominations or whatever. But I think that these movies coming out will end up being some of the better ones. Yeah. I mean, Sixth Sense was, that was a movie that I felt I could only watch once. Right. Yeah. Once is plenty. And and people might disagree with me, but I felt the same way about Usual Suspects. Like once you get the twist, it's like, oh, okay. I don't need to watch it again. Don't need to see it again. Exactly. But I think, um, you know, we've talked about Unbreakable before. Unbreakable was a good movie. Um, And then the... I thought Split was a good movie on its own. And then once we realized that it was part of the Unbreakable universe, that that just leveled it up for me. Right, right, right. "Ah, Okay, I'm I'm back on board with you, Mr. M. Knight. I'm back on board. Let's do this. Yes. And and he he teased at the time that there might be a third installment, and now we're being treated to news of Glass. I think think it'll be great. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm here for it. I, I think he's... As long as he doesn't M night himself, right, and, right, right, and, and mess up the ending too much, I will be I will be very happy with it. And then we have a Halo. Is it a TV show or a movie coming? It's a TV show. TV show coming for on Showtime. Time. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're going to start producing it next year. It's they've got a ten order a ten episode order. Yes, and they have described this as their most ambitious series ever. This is Showtime's, mm-hmm. word, not mine. Showtime is saying that. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then what's the thing with the DC Universe thing? So, you know, everyone's starting their own streaming service now with with news of Disney doing it. Um, Warner Brothers has let us know that the DC Universe will have its own streaming service, which could be good, especially for the animated Mm -hmm. series. But one of the original live action series that's going to come out of it is Titans, which I presume is based on Teen Titans. Yes. But it's going to be a little darker, a little grittier, probably not quite R-rated, but maybe, you know, maybe along the lines of like what Runaways is like on Hulu, but I have a mm-hmm. feeling I have a feeling it'll be darker. And uh just this week we finally we we had a we had a screenshot of um of Robin before, but this one is more of a kind of an in in a more in character shot where he's a little I guess bruised up, bloodied up a little bit. Just, uh-huh. just to kind of give us a sense of the grit that's going to be involved in the show. And I think it looks good. Yeah, I, I, we'll see. I yeah. don't know. Well, I, I keep my expectations low like I always do. I think visually the photo looks good is what I'm saying. Yes. I have no idea yes. what to expect of the series. But later on they're going to release, I think, well, that's going to come out later this year. They're going to release Swamp Thing next year, which I probably won't care about. And they're also right. supposed to release... Um, uh, the Outsiders, mm-hmm. as well, which which actually could be cool because that was one of my uh, that was one of the DC books that I used to like back in the day. So that, that should okay. be interesting. All right, cool. I'm gonna see Ant Man on Thursday. When are you seeing Ant Man? I'm gonna see it on on Thursday as well. Yeah, yeah, Thursday night. Cool. So I'll be looking forward to that. Um, I'll probably be we'll have to record maybe late next week because I'm gonna be in Vegas on the weekend. That's fine. We could do that. You know, because I'm gonna be busy. I'm gonna be out here. Mm. In these streets. We out here in these streets, in these Las Vegas streets. I bet you, I bet you won't live stream from Vegas. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Anyways, you can find us at It's the Curly Nerd on all forms of social media. We are on most podcasting platforms. Please feel free to like us, rate us. Please tell your friends to tell your friends to listen to us. Listen to us rant and rave and review things that are so important in this world. <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, oh, one one final thing. I forgot. Yes. When is New York? When is uh, San Diego Comic Con again? That's uh, in like three weeks, like the 18th, 19th, 20th, okay. something like that. So I'll be out there for that. Can't wait. Can't something wait. like that. I think I get out there the 19th. I don't know. It'll be me and Joe out there living our best life in San Diego at the con. I will be living vicariously through you all and providing updates as often as I can. Of course. So, yes. Um, yeah, I'll be posting a bunch of stuff to the nerd Instagram when, to the curly nerd Instagram when I'm out there. That's what's you up. You already know. That's what's up. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Peace.